Hello everybody, my name is Craig Hendry and welcome back to another episode of Hard Money with Craig. Today, I'm going to make an episode about the importance of a gold standard or the function of a gold standard and how the government is taking advantage of private citizens in the absence of a gold standard. First, to get that, you'll have to read between the lines a little bit. So here we go. The United States government is allowed to get revenue in a few ways. It says in our Constitution, the Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts, and excises to pay the debts and to provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States. It also says they shall have the right to borrow money on the credit of the United States. These are the only ways that the United States government can raise revenue. And for the purpose of this episode, for the purpose of this podcast, I am going to refer to imposts, excises, duties, and debt taxes as just taxes. Um, so tariffs are also thrown in there. They can use that, but that's just another form of taxation. Understanding that these are the only ways that the United States government can raise revenue, uh, that is very important to understand why a gold standard is the only sound policy and why a fiat paper standard is the recipe for lunacy. So the government, being an entity that doesn't actually produce anything, has to get all resources that it uses to employ its personnel to uh, obtain all of the infrastructure and equipment that they use and maintain. Uh, the only way to afford that is to raise revenue. So that is why they need the ability to uh, either get loans on the credit of the United States or tax the United States citizens for what they have produced. The function of a gold standard or the function of using sound money instead of a paper currency because of course a gold standard isn't using sound money it's using paper and then backing up every piece of paper with a established amount of gold that that piece of paper is supposed to uh, represent the function of this is to prevent governments from overspending or going too far into debt it also has a function in banking, but that is not an area we will be going into today. Our country, the United States, functioned using sound money from its creation all the way up to 1914, when the Federal Reserve issued its first $10 bill. Of course, before that, there had been various experiments with paper currency throughout the continent. None a concerted national effort, and all failing miserably. The result of using a gold standard was that if government wanted to spend money, they either had to borrow at market interest rates, which were endemically high and resulted in more future taxation being necessary to afford the interest payments on said credit that they had borrowed, or to take money from the citizens. Seeing as the landowning citizens were the only citizens that were voting, and they were largely the only citizens with wealth that could be taxed, 
government spending remained very low relative to other countries. And as our and as a result, our economy boomed. It grew because the people were free to enrich themselves through voluntary trade and interaction without government taxing the fruits of their labor or preventing their labor from happening in the first place. Of course, when the money you're using is gold, not only does it retain value past government decree, because there's private demands for gold. You don't need the government to stamp a value on it. There are private citizens who would ascertain value to your gold if they had something you wanted to trade for it. So, uh, but the government, you know, another benefit of using sound money is that the government can't just print off gold from a printing press. Therefore, in order for them to buy goods from the productive economy, in other words, in order for them to take goods out um, or take the goods with which the private economy produces, in order for them to do that, they have to either tax or borrow at market interest rates. And, of course, the lenders who loan it to the government, because, of course, they're borrowing in that scenario, the lenders would be, uh, they would only have to lend voluntarily, right? The government wouldn't have, wouldn't say, you have to lend to us now because we're the government. They would just simply offer bonds to private, uh, investors. And if the private investors wanted to buy a bond, uh, rather than buy a stock in a private company or a publicly traded company, then they were free to do whatever they wanted. So the government would have to offer bonds at competitive interest rates. So in order for them to spend, they have to either tax or borrow, and both of which we established were pretty hard to do. So what governments do when they print money and use it to take goods out of the economy is steal the purchasing power that we already have in the dollars that are already existing, right? So because they printed out money, bought consumer goods, and used them, the same goods that they just bought and used are no longer available for somebody who exchanged their labor or property for the currency, for the dollars. So when government prints it up, they can just go steal those goods that somebody who actually worked for the dollars would have bought. This is theft, just in such a manner that it is difficult for the victim to notice. As a result, the real purchasing power of the dollars they work for is constantly diminishing. The only way to avoid such injustices and the economic disasters that follow such injustices, a gold standard is necessary. Since the creation of the Federal Reserve, the government hasn't had to seek private investment in order to sell uh, its bonds or in order to raise revenue through credit. You see, the Federal Reserve, the entity that prints up the money, is able to buy government bonds and therefore they take into cons- they don't take into consideration at all 
the value of the bond or the interest rate that the bond is yielding. Therefore, the government can uh, borrow into perpetuity. There is no uh, wall in which a government bond would become so unattractive that the Fed wouldn't want to purchase it. So nowadays, the government prints the money up and buys its own bonds with the dollars it prints up and then takes the dollars and goes and buys goods and services in the private economy. The founding fathers were vocal opponents of paper currency or fiat money, as it is otherwise called. Um, and I wanted to provide some quotes or just some history from the founding fathers, and then I would like to make a case that not only is it uh, not not only is fiat money not a economically sound alternative to real money, but it is uh, constitutionally illegal in this country because the founding fathers made it to be so. So George Washington wrote Thomas Jefferson on August 1st, 1786. Paper money has had the effect in your state that it will ever have to ruin commerce, oppress the honest, and open the door to every species of fraud and injustice. That is George Washington writing to Thomas Jefferson. So Thomas Jefferson in turn wrote, Paper is poverty. It is only the ghost of money and not money itself. So that uh, shows those two guys' uh, opinions on paper money. So here's James Madison. Paper money is unjust. All right. That's, that's just what he said, right? That's a quote. The founders recognized the perils of legal tender paper money. And that's why they wrote in the Constitution, they wrote, the Congress shall have the power to coin money and regulate the value thereof. So it doesn't say anything about the Congress having the power to print money or to, uh, you know, yeah, create money to tend to the debts of the United States. But just in case anybody is thinking, well, just because it doesn't say specifically in the Constitution that the Congress is allowed to print money, just because it doesn't say that word for word doesn't mean that they can't do it. Well, yes, it does mean that, okay? Because, uh, let's see, it says here, Amendment 10 in the Bill of Rights, the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. What that means is the power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, which means any power that is not given to the United States Congress by the Constitution or any power that is not prohibited by the Constitution to the states, any power that is said to be prohibited to the states are reserved to the states or to the people, which means that if anything is not written in the Constitution, that power has not been delegated to the United States, which means they've got no business getting themselves involved in it. So printing money, what, what our Congress is doing and what our uh, country is doing right now is constitutionally illegal. Um, it is not for the general welfare. It is for the general detriment of the people. And so this is definitely unconstitutional. The only thing 
that can protect us from government offenses like this are pieces of legislation like the Constitution. And we need to go back to following the Constitution as it was written and educating our youth about the Constitution as it was written. But everybody, I hope that that kind of clears up why we need a gold standard. What are the detriments of paper money? And I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Uh, and I hope that you return for the next episode of Hard Money with Craig. With that being said, everybody have a great day. Like, share, subscribe, comment, send me private messages if you would like. And see you in the next episode. Goodbye.